This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. And we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And ladies, I found out yesterday we're number 14 in the country year to date. Pretty exciting. Oh my gosh. So, that's, well, a, that's gotta, really exciting. We got to keep it up. But yes. good start because I thought the first quarter kind of sucked. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> wow. And we are streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. We've got the OG videographer Nick behind the camera today. Very excited for that. And we're going to go right into some interesting information. And there's a lot of real estate news this week to cover, which I'm excited about. The first thing we're going to talk about. There has been a lot of builder red flags being raised about a housing crisis. There was an article on Zero Hedge that came out last week on Thursday, and it basically said since the Fed is rushing to hike the U.S. into a deep recession just so inflation will supposedly slide ahead of the November midterms, which I don't agree with all this. I think this is very aggressive language that they're putting in here, but this is what they're saying. Uh, and last week, Zillow, uh, and we talked about this on our show last week as well, they stoked some fears that rising rates might result in a downturn. They didn't say downturn. They said choppy water. So I, I already don't like this article. They're taking a lot of liberties here. But basically, they, they went on to say that there's all these builders in Dallas, Houston, San Antonio. Did you know San Antonio is the seventh most populous metro area in the country? Wow. Really? I, I, shocking news. That. I was there two weeks ago, and I just I, we found that out. So builders in these big markets that are usually good indicators they're saying things like interest lists are shrinking buyers are truly pausing traffic has been cut in half since the hike in rates investor activity has slowed in raleigh la buyers who are stretching to purchase have become more cautious so there's a lot of builder red flags here about the housing market and recently zillow just revised their estimate year over year like at the beginning of the year they were talking like 16 19 percent increases in, in in property values now they're down to 14.2% is their new projection. So what do you two think about all this? Well, 14.2% is no small potatoes. So <laughs> that, you know, that's pretty good considering uh, that it's, it's supposed to be a downturn. Um, but I think that I would like more information on, on where, you know, the builder's numbers and, and where they're getting that information from just to dive deeper and see what that's all about. But it, definitely there is a shift in the market. Mm -hmm. um, it's starting, but um, out here in the field, um, I still think that uh, the the clients that I'm working with, there's there's a lot of people still looking for houses. The interest rate didn't scare them away yet. Um, so, you know, it's I know it's a race against the clock because some people might be priced out if it goes up higher. But um, yeah, I mean, it's inevitable. It's inevitable that things are going to change because everything changes. So it's just to what degree. Yeah, I mean, I think that in some of these different areas, new construction is a bit more prevalent than others. I know we have pockets where there is new construction out here. Um, as, you know, in general, we don't see as much new construction here in the Philadelphia area um, and the, you know, surrounding suburbs as, as you might see in some of these other places. But I think that, yeah, buyers are impacted across the board, whether it's, um, buying a hundred-year-old home or putting in for new construction, they're feeling the they're feeling the change. Yeah, that, that's a great point. That you know we're not a new construction market unless you're going out to like Western Chester County, like like Northern Montgomery County, Delaware County. I don't see a lot of new construction anywhere, or the lots are horrible that they're built on, or it's like the old Edgemont Golf Course, like up the street from our uh -huh. office, which has been there for years. I, I don't buy into the builder 
uh, sentiment as much because you think about that. What's the most expensive car you can buy? A brand new car. Brand new car, right? What's the most expensive <laughs> house? A brand, brand new, new house. house. And invariably, those homes are way more expensive when you customize them than if you get the gently used one-year-old home with the kitchen that maybe you don't design yourself, but also is really nice. So, yeah. of course, they're going to see that because that's the highest price point acquisition available in the market. Um, what do you think about Zillow walking back their projections? Because now they're like, it's almost like 4 or 5% from where they were originally at the beginning of the year. And, and one point in February, they upped their predictions on how much prices are going to go up. Now they're kind of walking it back down to 14%. What do you two think about that? I mean, I think their initial number did feel high. It was higher than what all the other project projections were, were coming out to. Um, I mean, 14 is still is still a high number. Um, and I, I think it's a believable number. Um, so I feel like they could be trending um, you know, pretty accurately there. Yeah, I think they just, it was pretty aggressive, their initial. Uh, we even talked about that on the mm -hmm. show. Yeah. Like, wow, that's pretty aggressive. So they just adjusted, and, and they get a lot of the data that comes in directly, so it, it's probably more on point. I would argue that it's still too high, and yeah. the reason I say that is you look at, like, uh, what KCM does, so Keeping Current Matters. Mm -hmm. They have those seven different housing authorities they chart, and the average they're seeing from those people, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ivy Zellman, the Home Expectation Price Survey, their, their average is 6.7%. So to me, Zillow was like, I, I don't know if they got excited or they just over-projected. Now, they do have a lot of that data around pending sales, but what they're not factoring in is like, there's a lot of blowouts right now, too. I mean, how, we're seeing on average every 14, 15 homes we put under contract, two to three of those are blowing out right now. And that's on a weekly basis. And we're charting this data internally. So when we get to the end of the year, knowing that Zillow's walking back their number, are you guys over or under 10% appreciation? What do you think? I'm putting you both on the spot mm. here. I've got my number, but I'm, I'm waiting until the end. I still say over. Over? Yeah. Hammer the over, Stacey Mitchell. Over. <laughs> I'm thinking under, but just slightly. Like, I think it's going to be like 9 point something. I think it's going to be higher than like 6 point, 6 point something. I'm, I'm in agreement with Sarah that we're in that like 7 to 9% range is probably what we're going to see. It always ends up being in the middle. You know, some people saying 3%. I mean, it's already been 3% this year. Right. Yeah. So they're wrong. Yeah. Um, so you have to kind of factor that in. I don't know that the market's going to accelerate as quickly as Zillow says. And to me, we're seeing a deceleration. What these builders indicate to me, that's like the highest price point. I don't care. I'm going to pay whatever I want for a new right. home buyer. Mm -hmm. And we've all had those people, right? They're buying a new home mm -hmm. no matter what happens. That's right. not for everybody. What I know about that is that those people are the first ones to kind of slow down a little bit because they're also maybe less cognizant of their finances. They're a little more, you know, uh, they, they, they're, they're just happy to pay the price of the new home because that's what they want. And what's happened so far over since the past two years is that we're decelerating, right? And when you're going down the road 150 miles an hour and you slow down to 90, it feels a lot slower. I don't think it's mm -hmm. dramatic that you need to keep pushing things back. Mm -hmm. I think Zillow was just going way too fast in the first place. So I'm, I'm in agreement with you, Sarah. I, I think that's a really great point. Um, to piggyback off of this, uh, there was an article from Keeping Current Matters that came out because we're gonna, uh, we want to really get a handle of like where the market's going and we want to look at all the different experts that are out there. And I've got a lot of trust in David Childers and his team over there. And there was a recent survey from the National Association of Realtors. And one of the top challenges buyers face, no surprise, finding a house that meets their needs. Is this a shock to you two? No. Not at all. Okay. And that's because inventory's low. There are early signs that inventory may be growing. So the latest data from Realorder.com 
shows the number of listings coming onto the market or new listings has increased since the start of the year. And they have a graph, which I don't know how we're going to get it up on the, on the show here, maybe the, the post-broadcast. In terms of thousands, there was 326,000 new listings in January, 370,000 new listings in February, 434,000 new listings in March, and 492,000 listings in April. So knowing that's the case, and there's also, according to the research, the majority of potential sellers plan to list over the next six months, do we see more inventory coming on the market? And probably the big question, are we getting over a month supply in the suburbs and over two months supply in the city? Because we've been trending under that for about a good 18, 18, 24 months now. What do you think? I would love to be at over a month's supply of inventory well, in the suburbs. Yeah, I, I'm with <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, I'm really hoping that it, it gets to that point. I, I do believe it's going to. Um, I don't know how much over a month supply. I think the highest we were up to was a month and a half, you know, in recent history. Um, mm-hmm. But now we're back down. I, I noticed in April we were pretty low. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe it's going to trend that way. Um, just from my perspective out in the field, I know there's some sellers that have been really waiting and now they see that things are changing and so for them it's kind of like oh I want to hurry up and get my house on the market and list it so I think that is what's taking place they don't want to miss out on this you know this seller's market boom Um, so I I really think that that's going to happen I don't know if it's going to make that big of a difference as far as satisfying the number of um, buyers out there but any little bit is going to help at this point yeah I would agree I mean I think that I'd love to see inventory uh, creep up a little bit because it is the excitement in their voices. By the way, this is really important. Keep going. Because um, I mean, it is. It's it's difficult to you know when you know what people want and you know what they need to get to in order to to get into the into the home. And it's there's just aren't a ton of options to choose from. Now, I do think that with the inventory ticking up, the uh, speed at which they go under contract, I think, is still going to. Um, be a factor here. Mm-hmm. So, Great you know, point. you may have a couple more things that as you're searching through for people that you're able to see, but I think the importance of getting out there right away and um, still having everything lined up and ready to go is definitely going to still be very important um, because, again, we have a ton of buyers and uh, if they see inventory, you know, as they're, it's, it's interesting because we send listings out to our clients, but we can also see, you know, as, you know, people are searching on Zillow or, or whatnot. So, um, you know, there are people that I, I think probably have uh, still been searching on Zillow, but not actually going out there and, and taking mm-hmm. a look at stuff. So they, they see some of what is coming on. And if they start to see it tick up, that might be enough to kind of get them to be like, all right, I actually want to go out and see homes again versus before. So I think it'll... Um, it'll go That's a really great point because I think a lot of people are just like so beaten down right now. Mm-hmm. What, what's the most amount of offers you wrote with a client over the past 20, 24 months to give some perspective? Oh, the most? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I had at least like for one client, how many did we write? Probably, I think I did like 15. 15, yeah. 15 offers. Um, I think I know who you're talking about. I think it's, um, and I'm, we're not going to say their name, obviously. Wow. That's Have you hit 15? I've never been that high, no. So we've, thank, we've had, thank goodness. And a lot of times it depends on what they're looking for, right? There, yeah. There's kind of this spot in the market right now where all the move-up buyers are going. And it's mm-hmm. that to me, it's mm-hmm. like that like five to yep. seven range is totally. probably, or five, and, and it could go up to eight. It could go down as yep. low as four, depending on where you are in like Chester, Delaware, Montgomery counties, yep. and more so in the suburbs than, than the city, because a lot of people are looking for that elbow space. They want to go to that next home. They want to lock in that low payment for 20 years. Yep. Or at least they did until rates went up. 
that to me is the toughest part of the market. I don't think there's any question. And because of what you said, some people are just like, I'm done. I can't deal with this. And if they see stuff just hanging around a little longer, you know, and, and then there, there's going to be the other issue sellers have to fight, which is like, what's wrong with the home? It hasn't sold in three weeks, which is mind blowing to me, having been in right. the industry as long as I have. That is going to build confidence, and that confidence is going to start to get people back out there. And it's going to be, hey, we're actually going to have like a day to think about the home. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, a training last week. We talked about this where, like, people are targeting homes that are twenty plus days on the market, and they can actually get inspections accepted. I right. mean, that's pretty wild to me too. That that's what we're talking about. That'd be a fast sale mm-hmm. pre twenty twenty. So. Right. The more this happens, and I'm clear there will be more inventory, but it's going to be slow, right? And, and, and my, my, my view is this. We get to that July 4th, like, special date. And I say that because that is the end of typically, like, the spring market. Everyone goes on vacation. They go, you know, you go to a barbecue. You get your red, white, and blue on, whatever you're going to do. People kind of take off then. Then it's like July's a little slower, right? Mm-hmm. The summer, school's finally out for all the kids that are school age. Then everyone goes away in August. And I'm interested to see what the fall market's going to be like. Last, last year, our team took advantage of this where we were really aggressive in August, September, October, November. We saw a ton of sales come in. I think I see the same thing for the realtors that are working there and the buyers that won't give up. Mm-hmm. But you got to know what to say to these people. Mm-hmm. So knowing that we're seeing this happening, what are you saying to folks right now that are maybe a little bit beat up by the market or they're feeling, hey, this is maybe not the time for me to buy a home? How are you keeping them in the game? I know you've done a great job with this. So have you, Stacy? What's that language like, and what do buyers need to hear that maybe feel a little beat up by the past 24 months? I mean, I would say it's a combination of first also like sorting through and figuring out how motivated are the buyers. Because mm-hmm. if you are somebody who really is just looking for that great deal, which I know we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot, like maybe this isn't the perfect time for you to, to be out there. I mean, there might never be, you know what I mean? Like it's. Right. In a fair, balanced market, it's not that one side of the transaction walks away like the king and the other walks away with nothing. I mean, I know like the, yes. the, the, the transaction. It's like, game, it's like Game of Thrones. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I know like obviously the, the transferring of the home is the, the reward in the big picture here. But like it's not that one person should feel like they got everything and the other one feels like they gave up everything. In a real, in a fair, good transaction, both parties should walk away feeling good about it. That's, you know? that's a great point. And um, so I think just kind of for the buyers that are feeling beat up, um, continuing to show them, you know, what what's out there, um, what their payments look like, and getting down to really focusing on like why do you want to move, you know? Mm-hmm. And if they want to move and they see value in that and they can picture where this is all going and if it's worth it to them to do it, just kind of like keeping big picture in mind and not to get too bogged down by all the little details. And also like, you know, sometimes you don't get that first house. You don't get that second house. You don't get that fourteenth house. But like when you but get, you to get the, the fifteenth, but house. you get the fifteenth. So you know it's it's kind of like you have to you have to stay in it or you're you're not going to get it. I mean right. you don't you don't get a house if you don't put in an offer. Yeah, we we have to continue to be their uh, cheerleaders and and bring the positivity to them because it is it's tough. I mean, for us, just as their agents, it's a gut punch. Mm -hmm. So for them who missed out on the home numerous times over, it it really stings, especially if it was something they had their heart set on and they really thought they put everything into that offer. Right. And they could picture themselves in the home. And, you know, it it can be really, really tough. And I called it a hangover to one of my clients the other day, and she's like, exactly. Right. I feel like it's a big hangover. I've never had a hangover. I don't know what we're talking about. Well, she could definitely relate to what I said. So, uh. well, and especially when they're good offers, because like yes. we all know yes. that we've, you know, there's clients that in some situations 
they can't get out of their own way for the first mm -hmm. offer or two that they put Great in. point. And yeah. we, you know, try to encourage them to do what will, you know, give them the best shot. But sometimes you do need to lose one or two. And, um, but it's after that point when they start doing all the, the right things, things and yeah. you really put together a good, strong offer, but so did everybody yeah. else, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, it hurts. So that's where you really have to, yeah. when you don't have another suggestion to give them for what could have gotten it done besides like, Right. There are limiting money. factors. That, that's <laughs> yeah. a great point. Yeah. So, so it is tough, but you just have to keep them positive and, and get them back to their motivation and uh, whatever that may be, you know, um, family, schools, whatever. Keep them focused on that motivation just to keep them in. The negative energy is real. Mm -hmm. You two ladies are very positive, right? A lot of people are not. I mean, and you can see it when they walk in a room. Like, someone's got a bad attitude. Oh, like, yeah. within seconds. Imagine that's your realtor Ooh. and you lost out on 14 other homes. Or imagine you lost out on two. It doesn't matter. And if right. you're coming in there as an agent, all the agents need to listen to this right now if you want to have a long, successful career. Get rid of the negative energy in your life because it's never going to help you in this business. You have got to be overly positive with the amount of no's and rejections that happen because it's a competitive market. And even when the market shifts, you're still going to get no's and rejection. So I think that's really great advice from both. And I know you're doing it, which I think is the most important thing, because it's not just like, you know, rhetoric or talk here. Last thing I'll hit on, we're going to take a quick break, is there's another article that came out on PAR just listed. It talked about how fast buyers are ready to look at, at make offers on properties. And to me, this is a big change. And if I'm a buyer right now or a seller with a, that needs to buy a home, I'd be trying to move faster than this data here. And I think this is a really good way to wrap this up. So according to this, this was written, um, it's on PA, uh, PAR just listed or parealtors.org. 65% of buyers said they're willing to make an offer within three days of viewing a home. That is too slow. Yeah. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. yeah. Totally. 20% are prepared to make one immediately after viewing. That's what you need to do. And that's actually backed up because if you look at the offers that get accepted, it's the people that write the most offers are number one, but also we've seen an offer acceptance rate anywhere from like 15 to 25% across the country. The numbers line up here that it's probably the people that are writing fast are the ones that are winning. Mm -hmm. How many times do you had someone wait and they lost on the property oh, all absolutely. the time? And yep. they're like, I need a day. Well, right. You don't have a not day. Gonna yeah, it's, it's, I, we're going to clip that out, Nick. It's not going to be here next time. <laughs> that was good. So I found that to be really interesting. And what they also said is that Redfin found that 65% of the homes on the market in March had multiple bids. That's a little lower than where I thought it would be. And that tells me the market's starting to shift, where it might be like three offers, not 15 offers. Did, what did, what did Janine say uh, last week? It was She thought it was going to be a bloodbath at this home in the suburbs. And she works in the city in the suburbs. And it's a little different in both. But it wasn't as bad as they thought. And a lot of times, it's not price that's winning. It's terms and conditions. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yep. I have to agree with that. Yeah, she thought she was uh, would have been one of multiple offers, and she believes or she felt that she was the only they were the only offer that had come in, mm -hmm. which was surprising. Well, that was that was the home in the city. Oh, yeah. was it okay. the one she didn't get? They were like number two, oh, and gotcha. I think it was close. Okay, and oh, that's right. but she and, thought it was out of maybe like five as opposed to yeah. fifteen. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's that to me is the first indicator, mm -hmm. and it's tough to track that because we never know how many offers are in on a home. Mm -hmm. But if this is what's going on right now, that tells me what KCM saying is right on. We're pro Zillow should be revising their shift because they are way too high. And we're still going to see appreciation, but the market's just going to decelerate. I think all the signs are there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them from all angles here. Mm -hmm. And I think having your offer written right away is helpful in a couple different ways. One, you don't know how many other people are writing offers and if they could accept something that day and it's 
physically gone for tomorrow. This has been also, happening a lot, by right. the way. Oh, yeah. Like, Say that again, because I think it's important that some yeah. people, there's no deadline, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. And or even if they like say, oh, we're going to be reviewing offers this day, don't wait until the end to get it in because they right. may just, you know, take one. And it shows that you are willing to like make movement and that you're excited about it and that you're not going to like twiddle your thumbs, which, right. and I know this is a huge decision, so I don't mean to like downplay it in like, oh, what, you think you need to sleep on it tonight because you're <laughs> buying, like, your biggest investment? But if it's something that you're, you know, if you're prepped for it, you're ready for it, and if this is checking the boxes, don't overthink it in terms of, like, you know, let me give it more time. Because as the listing side of stuff, if I have, you know, if people are going out to showings and then I'm reviewing them, and, and it, the agent that calls me that went out and saw it and they were like, we love it, we're putting an offer in, uh -huh. and then they put in an offer uh -huh. that day. Yes. And especially if they followed all the instructions. Yes, for, like, yes, if yes. Just, like, bingo. When yeah, doing they what, call you, then they I'm email like, you. Yes. yes, thank you, you yes. read it, you did it, and because then you also have people that are like, oh yeah, we're interested, we're gonna write an offer, and then it's like a you day goes by, another day goes by. Like, So it shows that you are gonna take action and that you're serious about it. And I, I think agree. that that, on the listing side, also, it feels good as the offers come in to be able to get back to your client that we've already got some stuff in hand here. You know, it mm -hmm. just like, it helps everything, um, mm -hmm. I think, just go a lot smoother. I, I couldn't agree more on that. And, and we're going to end here and take a quick break. But what it shows is that these people want the house. Right. They're yeah. not going to jerk you around. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be difficult to negotiate with. They're not going to be one of these passive decision makers, which mm -hmm. whether that's your style or not, you have to send a message with the contract that you send because you're dealing with a human being on the other side. Right. It's not like it's a company. You're not going to buy a suit or a dress or whatever or a car where you're dealing with a corporation. You're dealing with people, and people value certainty in these transactions. Mm -hmm. And the more decisive you are, the better. Now, for the buyers that say, I don't want to be decisive, that's where you've got to find a realtor that's going to coach you on how to be decisive and get you the information up front instead of, well, this is great, Sarah, but I don't know what to do next. And I know you don't do this, or, or you or anybody here. That's not how we train people. But... There's a lot of agents, they just go, okay, I'm going to show you the house. We're not going to tell you how it works. And if you like something, we'll figure it out as we go. That's right. not the way to make the biggest financial decision most people make. Right, right. Great stuff here. So as the market decelerates, going 150 to 90, it feels a lot slower. It's still going to be competitive. And it's still important to take all the stuff we've been talking about over the past 24 months. If you're a consumer out there or an agent, don't stop or deviate from that. Right. It just might be a little bit of a slower process or less competitive. But... I think who, Susan said this from our team. If you have a multiple offer mindset going into every situation, you're going to win. Right. I agree. So, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some other news. We've been tracking these stories for a while, specifically the Love Ladder ban, and NAR is raising its, due by ten, its dues by $10, and there is uproar among realtors. We'll cover it next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. 
For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Stacey Mitchell. She's Sarah Timon. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team since 2018 in Pennsylvania. And we are talking about this might be the longest running story we've covered on the show besides Zillow and, and the whole Zillow saga. It's like a it's like a seven part movie now, like Harry Potter or something. The Love Letter Oregon court case. So last week, there was a story that came out. The state of Oregon is going to accept a court ruling that is halting the ban on love letters as unconstitutional. So you can't have the ban anymore. It's against the it's against the Constitution. They're saying that it violates First Amendment rights, according to Judge Marco Hernandez. What do you think about all this? I thought that it would probably stick. Um, but I think this is totally different than um, the the housing, the discrimination, uh, fair housing laws that we have. Sure. So I know how our um, brokerage firm feels about the love letters, and I think that um, I was I was kind of surprised. I thought this would stick, and I thought it would start a trend across mm-hmm. the, across you know the country here. But uh, no, lo and behold, I was wrong about that. Not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> but in general, I do believe that these love letters, um, yeah, I think they're very risky. I think that uh, there's agents that don't even know um, that it could be against fair housing. Mm -hmm. They think that, you know, oh, it's cute, and here's the family, and, you know, they want to buy the house, and Mm -hmm. this is what they look like, and their dog, and everything else. Um, So I think that uh, this is definitely going to open up Pandora's box again and uh, just continue the process of the love letters. And I think that each individual brokerage firm is going to have to kind of put down their own rules and, you know, really lay it out how these can really put you in jeopardy of violating uh, the fair housing laws. So, um, yeah, I, but I was, <laughs> I was kind of surprised it got overturned, but. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I mean, I think that it, it is just kind of opening the door um, for, you know, this came up for a reason and they, it was started for a reason. And I think that by, um, you know, kind of backing down here, it's there's probably going to be more cases that come up. I don't think this is going to be the end of us hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's hard because like I see it from both sides. You know, like as the buyer or as like the buyer's agent, like you want to be like, this is the perfect house for you know my clients, and like they're gonna grow their family here, or they're gonna this is gonna be so great for their job, or you know like you want you want them to know all the reasons of why this we get it, we need it more, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it, it violates fair housing if you, if you give too much of this information. And I think it is better to just have it black and white and like it's not allowed and not um, open it up for, for potential issues. 
So, so I, I, you both bring up great points, and I think there's, there's two things here. There's fair housing laws, mm-hmm. and there's the Constitution. So just because something is not Constitution. constitutional doesn't mean there couldn't be a lawsuit and there's an illegal act taking place. Right. And right. what I get concerned about, you mentioned on the last segment, 15 offers to get a house. Mm-hmm. Do you think that buyer was ever kind of pissed off about what happened or ticked off? Yeah. What if they lose another one and they find out the other buyer wrote a really nice love letter? Right. And they somehow get a copy of this, and there's a picture of the family in there, right. or they say they go to church up the street, or they have X amount of kids. Like, all of a sudden, you know, familial status, you can make a guess about race mm-hmm. based on the picture, you know their religion, like, all these things come into play. You can guess how old they are, probably, from the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I mean, not everyone. Most people look younger than they do, but, you know, it, it, it depends, right? All of a sudden, one lawsuit goes a long way, and that's my concern for my clients who we're here to protect, the same with you two, and it's just, it, it's the world we live in now, you've got to be very, very careful about this because all it takes is one ticked off buyer. And I'm sure there are a lot of them. And (laughs) that concerns me. What what I also wonder about here is the lack of knowledge and education on what is fair housing and what isn't. And some people say, well, I can write an innocuous letter. Well, they're not even thinking about it half the time. They just send these things over. So, So you're on the listing side. Are you presenting these things to your seller? What are you doing? Because I know they can get to them if they want to or not. Like, think about this. A buyer could yeah. literally go to the house and just drop it off at the house. You can't stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's more, what do the agents do? I think that's because we're held to a different standard as right. realtors and, and real estate agents. Right. What buyers do on their own time, we can't control. Right. I mean, we have no, I, you know, if they want to go up and talk to the sellers, you can't control that. Right. What we do as agents, we can control. Mm-hmm. So for us to, um, if we have, a buyer and they you know and they'll say I want to give you a letter that's fine I can't submit it but you can give me the letter fine I'll take their letter but I'm not gonna send it along agreed I, I would do the same thing right because I don't want them to feel like you know because they did you know if they write these letters they want it to go somewhere maybe right. to make them feel better I yeah. don't know but <laughs> as an agent we, we feel don't better pass about their losing offer <laughs> exactly but we can't pass that information along now, on the listing side if they do come in they're gone you know, they're just removed out from right. The and I mean, we I think specifically say for all of our listing yes. instructions, we're not like do not submit no, a love good. letter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and it's for the on the buy side. I mean, I typically you know I tell my clients that's just that's not a practice that that we do. I have had people really want to send them before, and it's like by the time you'd go would go through and take out anything that would potentially be a violation, which I don't even want that responsibility on me of like, what is I it? I agree with that, that's um, a great point. There's nothing left of the letter. Like, yeah. cause if you're writing like a love letter of why you need this house and da 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 da, that's all the stuff you're putting in there. All the stuff that you're not allowed to mention is all of the things yes. that you're talking about. So like, there's nothing left to it. Then at this point, it's- Dear seller, I love your house. Thank you, right. Goodbye. <laughs> right. Please so, sell it to me. Yeah, right. So it's it's just kind of pointless. And then I know it is, it's hard to, like it would be good if it was just put out there like nobody does these because, yeah. um, you know, then you talk to people and they're like, well, my friend said that she got her house yes. because she did she the love letter, letter. Mm-hmm. and, you know, da, 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 da. And it's just like, it creates a whole thing, yeah. you know, and it's. Then you're like, oh. And then they yeah. can't understand why you're not going to submit their letter for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Because right. my friend, her agent, this is what worked. Yeah. And so it's, I, know, I understand. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's hard. It's us in a spot. Right. Right. So it would be it would be good just to have like clear 
yes. across the board. I, I, th yes. That, that's a great point because there's so many agents out there that don't know what the contract says. They don't know the laws they have to follow mm -hmm. legitimately. Like mm -hmm. it, right. you're, you guys may think I'm joking here listening. This is real life. I mean, we mm -hmm. have to explain contracts to other agents who have done business for years all the time. And it puts us in a tough spot because we're overly informed and we know the law. You know, shame on us, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. You know, my, my view is that when I, when I talk to sellers, the reason why we put that in the offer instructions is because I don't want our licenses at risk. Right. Because there is no deal that is worth getting shut out of your livelihood, period. I don't care right. what anyone says, number one. And secondly, I don't want the sellers getting sued. Right. And you have to be, be mindful of that. And this is such a hot topic right now. I, I mean, I'm not surprised this got overturned. What I do know is that it's we st you still have to follow the fair housing laws. And I think that's what this is all about. And this would be a great thing for like NAR to actually do something about and have some education around. Like, mm -hmm. hey, this is our guidelines that we recommend. But you can't stop the buyer from dropping off the letter. Like right. your buyer that said, hey, I want to drop this off. They could, without telling you, go to the seller's house. They know where they live, mm -hmm. right. right? They're trying to buy their house. Stick it in the mailbox or do something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've had that happen to me in the past where we were negotiating a sale and we negotiated with the agent. The agent didn't like the answer, and the buyer thought I was the one sabotaging it. And my seller said, "Oh well, we this is you did exactly what we told you to do. Let's throw out the letter." But like, you can like that. That's independent of me. That right. had nothing to do with me. And they called me and laughed about it. And I'm like, "Great, I'm glad you guys trust me. Thank God." Right. Um, right. But but that's like that's what happened. So the, the realtors that are playing around with this, I'm gonna feel bad for the person that thinks this isn't a big deal and gets sued because right. it's going to happen. I'm, I'm book it right now. If I was going to bet on anything, I'd bet on this because mm -hmm. it's going to happen. So on that note, we kind of all, like it's, 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 it's a gray area and I think it's, people are going to do what they want to do. Let's switch real quickly here. Mentioning NAR, because we talked about it'd be nice if they came out with a policy here. So NAR raised their dues $10 a year, okay? And the $10 a year, it, what it's meant for is they've been running an ad. I don't know if you guys have seen this commercial online. It came out in 2019 about, like, we are, and it's, like, the realtor logo. Is anyone, yeah, so Sarah's seen I see the smirk. I haven't um, seen it. Um, no, I know, like, I, I know what you're talking about, but um, it's not like it's this, like, widely seen commercial that I know like for most people I don't know that like many people are seeing it I could Maybe be way I off base here but don't realize I saw yeah. it <laughs> so it's not that impactful well so and and, and so the, the reason they raised the ten dollars right is let's do the math here because it's they got 1.5 million realtors I like think I'd be able to do this something. 15 million dollars I should be able to do it one point ten idiot um one point fifteen million dollars for this that's who we are national ad campaign what do you think about this? I mean, is, I mean, is, this, wow. is this worth it? Do you, want, do you want to see NAR using that kind of money there? And as a side note, I want to give you the salaries of NAR real quick. Oh CEO God. of NAR. Last year, Bob Goldberg made over $2 million. The retired CEO in 2021 made $4 million. He's not even the CEO anymore. So knowing all that, I mean, general counsel made $692,000. Lauren June, made, he's probably underpaid. He made $659,000. I'd say give that guy the money if anybody. What do you think about this? Is that where the money should be going? Because, I mean, realtors are losing their mind. If you look right. at some of the comments here, Inman did a really great job on this article. Wow. Well, I, like, I think it's, it's interesting, too, for the, the feedback that was given. Like, some agents were like, oh, it should be high. Like, they should have raised it more than that to really, like, bring up uh, the quality of the agent and eliminate, I guess, an agent that would leave over a $10. You know, like, give up the career over, over $10. But um, it's... It's kind of funny the, you know, the different reactions that were were coming in there. Um, 
I mean, when you add up, like, so $10 per person, but then, yeah, when you look at the whole amount that they got for it and saying mm -hmm. that all went to this ad campaign, ad campaign. like, from, I don't... From 2019, it's going to run another five years. So it's right. going to go to 2027. So, like, how does it... Is that just for, like, time to commercial, air it? Yeah, commercial. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, like, tame it down a little bit. Like, I don't I don't think it's something that anybody's looking at and they're like, oh, yeah, that, well, that's a good one. What is the ad campaign for? Like, it's to en encourage people to use realtors. I don't think... I don't know. You need My clients would even know. You know, I don't. I mean, when somebody wants to buy a house, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna either use their friends or a realtor, or they know somebody, or they're gonna get a referral, or you know, they're gonna look on Zillow, right? I mean, they're right. not gonna go to NAR and right. That's not gonna. That's not the first question I get asked. Am I right. a member? Mm -hmm. Are you, hey, Stacey, are you a member of the NAR? Because I saw right. this ad on TV. Yeah, <laughs> right? I've never it's had that. I should right. really, yeah. No, I think it's, um, I mean, I don't think that that was like best use of, of funds. Of yeah. funds. Well, I You're also sick. know that they do. Go to a doctor. <laughs> like, right. Thank you, Sarah. They, Good they do have offices in some very expensive locations. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, maybe, the headquarters is in downtown Chicago. I've, I've walked yeah. by it before. Yeah, and in D.C., right? They have a, a, a location in D.C. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it's the best use of funds. And I understand that why people, it's only $10, but still, right. it all adds up. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just, um, so, you know. So NAR, they have they have a couple components of their budget, right? They're paying their CEO two million bucks. I don't I don't know what that guy's doing. Right. Um, I would have liked them to get involved in Pennsylvania a little more when we were shut down. That would have been nice. Oh and they didn't gosh. do anything for us. Um, yeah, you were instrumental in that. I think I, I was mean, more instrumental yeah, than NAR, absolutely. and I'm I'm not kidding around about right. that. When I'm I say serious that. about that. I, I was on. A, I had nothing else to do. That was it. I mean, it was <laughs> talking to you guys, making calls, and trying to get the state open. So, that being said, they're paying their executives. Mm -hmm. They have this ad campaign or lobbying in D.C. for realtors' rights, especially with this DOJ case and everything else. If you were to prioritize those three things, one, two, and three, what would you want to see them spend the most money on? Wait, can you repeat them again? Lobbying in D.C., mm -hmm. paying their executives, especially the retired executive, four million bucks. He gets wow. more than the current CEO. Mm -hmm. I, I need that job. Um, right. And then also this We Are, or we, the, the, the ad campaign that they're, they're coming up with. I guess lobbying. Um, yeah, because lobbying I think the ad won. campaign is due. Yeah. And the, all the executive salaries. Right. I don't know what they do for us. I mean, they yeah. had a really bad... We were here two weeks ago. Two shows ago, right? Yeah, two weeks ago. And we talked about they had a really bad week. They had the DOJ case. Yes. Then they're fighting this pocket listing thing that really yes. isn't their call. I, I don't understand where, they, where these decisions are coming from. So in my view, lobbying should be one, two, and three. And yeah. that's all they should be doing instead of making it more difficult to transact. And Well, I, is another... Is the fourth segment of their, segment of their budget now... Dealing with lawsuits. I mean, I, I'm sure they have a lot of legal <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, um, it, it seems like. I, that. I just don't. You know, it's 15 million is a lot of money, um, yeah. and you know, I, I appreciate that. But when they're getting paid like they've been getting paid, um, it, it's they, they should be prioritizing their members more and maybe getting. And look, I don't. I'm not involved in NAR. I've made a choice not to do that because I'm more focused on our business here. I'm clear our advertising is better than this We Are campaign they're running. Right. Uh, it's so I, I'm. I you know you can only complain so much and I, I'm not this is as far as it's going to go the point is though I think they need to reprioritize for their membership where they're spending their money because that's who they're here to support right right the but we are campaign for nine years I think is useless wow that yeah, yeah. and that's eye-opening because I didn't even realize that but yeah their members um what are they lobbying for though on behalf of their members do they even know what their members so there are things I mean I, I've seen this happen and, and there's a couple people locally that are involved in like PAR so mm -hmm. they'll, they'll lobby for the ability to go solicit door-to-door -door and have mm -hmm. that in the township code so you can't get fined for that 
Okay. That, like, I'm all for it. We've been door knocking a lot here, and that's right. been something we did like, when the market shifted the last time and it worked. Mm-hmm. So, like, those sort of things are, are what they lobby for. Mm-hmm. Again, they have this DOJ case hanging over them. I mean, I'd like to see some more money being spent towards that to get that overturned because I think it's going to cause affordability issues for buyers buying properties that they got to pay that fee. Right. The pocket listing thing, I think, is a waste of money it's a waste. because mm-hmm. the seller should be the one making the call anywhere. But they're obviously out of touch here. They're trying to make everything fair mm-hmm. instead of making it fair for the client. And then, like, there's always rules in business. It's mm-hmm. no different than attorneys or anything else. And so, you know, it's they, they make up a lot of rules that aren't in line with what's in the best interest of the consumer and of the public. Well, that's the same thing, but also their, their, their membership. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll still pay the $10, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. And if you're worried about what NAR does and you want to find out more about how we train and do that sort of stuff, check out our scholarship program. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com. If you don't have a license, no problem. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about our recs. They, we've talked about them a lot. They were really going after like Zillow and NAR, and mm-hmm. they called it cartel-like behavior. Well, guess what? Looks like they're going out of business. So we're going to cover that next on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. The real estate market is red hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. All right, all right. We are back for the final segment of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and she's Stacy Mitchell. And we all work with the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline, the number one Remax team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we are streaming live on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. Stories like this make me believe that we are doing the right thing for the consumer. And, and I'll tell you why. So Rex Real Estate, if you don't know who they are, welcome to the rest of the world because they haven't done much. Um, they have been a squeaky wheel in the industry. So they're basically a discount brokerage that will not cooperate with other agents and will not advertise their listings on the MLS. They refuse to become members of the MLS. So this story broke last week, May 11th, so it was last Wednesday, that it looks like they're going out of business. So, I I mean, I I just, I'm I'm smiling a lot here. I think you can hear it in my voice. It looks like they're shutting down their operations from some, like, cryptic statements from the company. Um, According to the American Genius, which is a publication, they first reported the impending shutdown. They experienced two rounds of layoffs last year, and staffers reported a company-wide call on Friday outlined the end of Rex Homes. We have them a little bit. We've seen a little bit of them coming to our market here. What do you two think about all this? Good. I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) 
I hate it when you, there's a house that a, a client wants to see and you see um, this as the listing side. Yeah, give us some more perspective uh, why you hate that because yeah. this is real. It's impossible to get information. It's yep. so difficult to schedule a showing. It's difficult yeah. to get an offer in. It's impossible. Like, I don't think I've ever had an offer accepted through, yeah, through one never. of these. Like, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, it's hard, like, just to get in the door is very difficult. And nothing streamlined. It's, like... It's it's it's, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> First of all, when the client gives you the address and you can't find it in the MLS, you're right. like, oh my gosh, what is this? Is right, it a FISBO? Right. What what what's going on here? Yeah. I argue you have better luck with a for sale by owner than oh, with yeah, one of these absolutely. companies. Absolutely. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. And then you have to go through this whole process of just trying to track down somebody. You have to call this eight hundred number. They're going to text you back the information. Right. They're going to, and it's this whole series of waste of time back and forth, back and forth, and you might finally get the code to the lockbox if there is one you might right. finally get a seller's disclosure there's never a seller's right. disclosure right so mm -hmm. i have no idea what yeah. you're walking into um it's it, it's just a nightmare if you're dealing with rex right and there's not like one go-to contact person typically right. like it's a you get texts from five different people like, yeah who it's, are these people can never talk to there's no listing agent per se right so yeah it's it's just been difficult dealing with them and i i when that happens, it's like, oh my gosh, I feel like you, Sarah. It's like, oh, this yeah. is this is not this is not good. So for me, it's I'm excited that they're going to be gone because first of all, the discount brokerage, you know, they're supposed to be a disruptor and going to change everything, and they're not bringing value. They're not bringing value to the consumer. The sellers, if they knew what a nightmare it was mm -hmm. to bring buyers to their home, I'm sure they would be very unhappy. Right. Right. You guys bring up a great point. It is actually hurting the seller here when you list with a company like this because they don't have the infrastructure to handle inquiries. Think about how many inquiries you get on your listings the first weekend they go live, the second week they go live. And they charge homeowners a, flat, a lower fee. We can't talk about commissions. And they have a policy of never paying the buyer's brokers. So they're already saying we don't value you even though you have the buyers. And then they don't give you the information to get you in anyway. That's how not to sell a home. It's that simple. I mean, if you're going to make it that difficult, you're costing the seller money because some buyers are going to say, hey, you know what? I don't need to see this home. If they're going to be that difficult to get into, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to get into a transaction with these people that may not even close versus a for sale by owner, which I know you, I, we've all closed on the buy side here. Um, and, and, brought, and it's actually easier dealing directly with the homeowner than it is dealing with these guys who are now this middle person that just make it more difficult. Right. Well, and I mean, I think oftentimes if a client sees one of these um, one of these homes, they don't they don't know who the right. the listing side is. Like they don't they don't know what's going on there. So then they're also looking at a price and they're like, okay, maybe they're anticipating maybe we need to go a little above ask. Maybe we need to do this. Maybe we need to go that. And then it's like, well, they're also not paying the buyer's commission. So now we have to tack that on top of it. So it's like, like what's that? Right, which if they had right, and if they'd maybe like seen this number from the get-go, maybe that's okay, but when you start adding things up as the mm -hmm. transaction goes on, it's kind of the same for like when you're doing estimated closing costs, like I like to kind of overestimate a little bit because it's nobody's mad if yeah. then it's mm -hmm. less, but mm -hmm. if you even if it's not a significant amount, if all of a sudden it's it's more as you start going through something, it puts a bad taste in your mouth. Mm -hmm. And in light of everything you know, and, and they were involved with this big lawsuit with NAR and with, with Zillow saying they were being, like, forced out of the industry. People weren't cooperating. But what ends up happening is the consumer suffers when you hire these people. And because of that, 
it just it, it's bad for everybody. And then all of a sudden you get some ticked off seller. They don't they, they think realtors are trash because they picked the lowest price one that typically will sell homes for significantly less. We know off MLS properties go for 16.98% less, almost 17% less. And you're saving a couple percentage points on this fee without any of the service. I mean, it, they're, they're just not well informed. And you know, my view of Rex was I think they just got into the industry to be like, you ever run into like an internet troll? Where like they comment on, we've, we've had these people like, yeah. you know, the person like comments on your stuff and it's just kind of annoying or they're like a troublemaker. Yeah. I, my view is all they were doing was being difficult in the industry and trying to disrupt to disrupt and not actually make it better. And that's evident by their company shutting down and getting closed. Yeah. And what I'm also clear this does is that this is the indicator of all these other companies that are out there, they're trying to disrupt the industry. Mm -hmm. They're throwing money at problems instead of believing in hard work stuff that's worked for you know decades or running up not not necessarily traditional because i believe in innovation I, i'm not i'm not i'm not that thick-headed here but there's a lot of companies that come in and they, they try this all the time i've seen them come and go purple bricks you guys probably never even heard of them right of them. come and go they were in two years discount broker same thing assist to sell you ever heard of them i've heard of them okay they're also closed down yeah. help you sell i think has like a small like little little i don't i don't even know xrealty.com, I mean, all these companies, like I'm saying their names because nobody knows who the hell they are. And there's other companies now that I think are, we're seeing this from all the earnings reports that came out a couple weeks ago. There's choppy waters. And when that happens, what did Steve Bazzagani say? In the, were you here for the training or on the, on the show last week? A, a turkey can fly during a hurricane. And these are all these turkey companies that are out there. And we're going to see a lot more of this, along with what Jimmy Mackin talked about with the number of agents declining. So this is just the beginning, and this reinforces everything we've been talking about with the market decelerating and getting a little harder to perform. Mm -hmm. Luckily, people like you know how to do it. You know the conversations you have to say, and that's what consumers are going to start wanting because it's not going to be so easy to go buy a house or so that like fever-pitched interest level. There's still a lot of interest, don't get me wrong, but it's not that like white-hot, oh, my God, I have to buy this house right now. I'm just going to get anything. That, this, is, this is another indication that we're seeing a shift. Yeah. They call it a restructure when they shut down offices back in October. So, and they didn't really <laughs> <laughs> announce they're officially closing, but some people who work at Rex have been posting on their LinkedIn and like they've been making it known that after three years, you know, they finally, it's hard to say goodbye. Right. They're like, we're closing down, but they're still denying that they're closing down. Right. Do you see any other companies failing coming up here? Well, it's been a trend, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it's been what about these companies that are constantly losing money? Like, I mean, th all the real estate stocks are in the toilet right now. I mean, I'm starting to get concerned that there's people just throwing money at things. Like, they had $10 million in funding, um, and, and that's, I think, what kind of kept them afloat. I don't see how you make revenue with a company like this. Are we going to see some of these other companies have way more funding and are operating? I mean, we've seen, you know, Compass comes to mind. They IPO'd at $18. Mm -hmm. Their stock price, let's look it up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a good one here. because they're like Hauser? Hauser's another one. They have a sponsorship deal with the Sixers. Have you seen this, by the way? Oh Are yes. you serious? I, I know exactly how much this costs because we looked into it. That's, oh that's like a $400,000 a year partnership right there. Wow. Now, they have a lot of VC money. I, I, like, I've done my research here. I mean, but that's another company. I don't know. Like, they're spending so much money wow. that revenue's got to be low. Have you guys done a deal with a Hauser agent before? Uh, never. No. So I did once. And, uh, well, we had an appraisal come in low. It was a listing of mine. And 
I don't hear anything. I think, great. Sounds good. Deadline passes. So, like, all normal stuff here, not things we need to be following up on. I got a call from the agent. Why didn't you let me know the deadline passed? And I said, I said, well, I, I didn't realize I was representing the buyer. Right. If you want to pay me your commission, I would have let them know. Yeah. And she gave me a really hard time. And I said, this is your job. And they say they have the best. They don't even know what, like, what to do. And they're like, well, what should I do? And I'm like, you might need to talk to the person at your company because I'm representing the other side right now, and we're happy. About it. And it would have cost my client like seven, eight grand. Oh so it cost her client money. I mean, that, that's what happens. Um, Compass, I mean, they, they IPO to $18. Their stock price is $4.46 right now. Wow. So, I mean, I, I just there, there's all this, like, VC money coming in. I don't know these people know how to sell houses. Right. Like, focus on that. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I mean, everyone why, like, why do the VCs keep re, re, reinvesting in these companies? It's a good question. Uh, what I know is that 15 to 18% of the, of, the, of the GDP is from real estate, right? Um, we had Nick Bailey. He's on uh, Agent Hacks coming up here, the CEO of Remax. And he said that there's a lot of agents. I talked about this last week, that they're, they're renting their business right now. I think people see this as, like, we got to get a piece of that. The first show we did, Sarah, was the piece of the commission pie. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are like, I want a piece of that because real estate hasn't been disrupted. Right. And what they realize is this job is hard, right. harder than I think most people realize. That's why 13% survive. Right. It's got an 87% failure rate. And all these companies think they can do it better. Rich Barton did the same thing with Zillow. He, said, uh, he basically said, I'm smarter than everybody else. Right. Um, I, I had a horrible experience with a realtor. Well, welcome to the club. I think everyone has because only 13% make it. And he thought he was going to change the whole industry. Then I saw him two weeks ago in San Antonio, and he says, well, for us to win and the consumers to win, our partners need to win too. I've never heard that from him. Right. Right. We've, how long have we been talking about Zillow? You ever hear them say that before? No. But, these, but they don't understand. Like, real estate is not technology per se. It's relationships. It's people. You have people involved. Right. And it's real. It's, it's a close contact sport. You right. know what I mean? It's right. not something that's done, you know. I don't know, like you don't order something up and then right. it's like not, an Amazon. It's not just right. like, it's not quite as transactional as like yes. a lot, you know, it's, yeah. it's a whole. And techie people probably yeah. don't see that or, or understand right. that to the extent that we know. Right. You know what I mean? So right. they think it's easy. We can cut out these agents. We don't need them. Right. And, oh, I'll just like give you this piece of information mm -hmm. and without realizing like the process that it, because it's all about getting to the settlement table. So right. like if you don't get there yeah, and you don't get to the end, right. Yes. It doesn't. It didn't matter. And it's all <laughs> the, the stuff in between that, you that keeps it yeah. together. Right. It's that, all these yeah, little all things the that, you, right. that you can't necessarily show on a spreadsheet, and that you can't right. just like give as like whatever. Yeah. There's you can't there's even a lot make half of, things of it up. That pull it mm -hmm. the whole way through yes. for sure. And we had uh, two days ago, three days ago, we had an agent on our team, and the client took out another mortgage before they closed, and now they can't close on this house. Like that, that deal's gone, right? And it's it, it's they and like that, yeah. but you can't make and. No one, no one told them to do that. It was, right. you know, but there's all these different pieces we're trying to put together, and it's, it's, it's a tough situation. Um, I, I, you guys bring up a good point that it's like managing all these different pieces because everyone's like, I got my own lender, or I got my own this. And, and like the tech thing, technology is only an enhancement. If you look at the book Good to Great, um, I've read it a number of times, and they, they compare companies that outperform the market like six to seven times the norm of comparison companies. So like Circuit City and Best Buy or... Um, like GE didn't even do that. They didn't even hit those numbers. And none of the companies that outperformed that were like the outliers said technology was the reason they got ahead. It was other things like having like a, like a flywheel and like all these, like keeping it simple, like a hedgehog would. Um, and the whole point of that is technology is just an enhancement. When, when we shut down, Gary Keller came out on his podcast and said, it's not like, I remember everyone said it was going to be a virtual world. Do you feel like we're in a virtual world anymore? No. 
I don't. I think people want to be more in person more than ever. Yes. Technology can enhance and it's physical, but like physical, like one-to-one -one interactions, like I'm not having a lot of Zoom meetings about houses anymore on listing appointments. No. Maybe like a consult or a conference call on Zoom. But I was or doing if you have clients that are like long distance yes. or like right. strange hours or like whatever. Right. But but now if it's like if it makes sense to do it in person, yep. it's it's happening in person. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, I so that I think that's a great example because everyone's like, oh, we're gonna be virtual. We're not gonna leave our houses. It's gonna be like that Bruce Willis movie where he's like a robot walking around. If any of you guys have seen that. It, like I just don't see it happening. It'd be a horrible world. I'm sorry, being yeah. totally virtual. I just I, and, I don't and see it happening. Real estate. I mean, you have to have those tough conversations with people. You can't do that virtually. And I mean, there was years I would take listings on the phone without ever meeting the person before we had like video capabilities and everything else. So, it, you know, I just I just don't see. I think this is the beginning of all this tech innovation. There's some stuff that people have embraced and it's worked really well, but a lot of it, most people don't even use the tech that they have. So I, I, I think there's going to be more of these companies that, and you know, I'm, I'm picking on Compass a little bit because their our tech is better, but the really the best Compass agents are the ones that are skilled, mm -hmm. just like any other company. There's good and bad agents at every single company. That's the right. tech is our, our tech's just the same as everybody else. Right. Remember when Gary Keller said he had AI? Remember this? Wait, when was that? Uh, you know, it was like 2019. So maybe you guys before you guys both got into the business. I was at the T360 summit. He goes, "We got AI," and I'm like, "What? Do you, no, you don't." And and this is what I'm thinking in the stands. And you know what? He spoke again this year, three years later, no mention of AI. You know what he talked about? Long-term lead nurturing and doing all the basic stuff that you need to do. So I think that's a great example of where the market's going to go. And we're going to see a lot of people get out of the business, companies and agents. Yeah. Anything you guys want to add here? I know we kind of went on a little bit of a rant. I, I think that's the most I've talked during a segment in the history of the show. <laughs> this is good news. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. Good news. All right. So you want to follow Stacy? She's at the number two Mitchco two M I T C H C O on Instagram. You can follow Sarah. It's at Ty underscore Ty Time T Y underscore T Y T I M E. You can follow me at Tom Tool the third at Tom Tool three R D. Look up uh, our live stream every week: Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. It's every Tuesday at three o'clock, and that's it for this episode of Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB eight sixty AM.